You're listening to Project Oncology on ReachMD, sponsored by Lilly. Here's Dr. John Bird. The prognostic relevance of IGVH mutation and P53 mutation or deletion are probably one of the most predictive for how CLL is going to behave at diagnosis with respect to time to progression and in the past, overall survival as well. The variability between these two, when you look at them, along with all of the other older prognostic factors that we use clinically and with routine labs, such as the CBC parameters, the hazard ratio for contribution of P53 mutation or deletion is probably the greatest, but only a very small subset of CLO patients have this at diagnosis. So it's not as helpful, 5 to 10%. Whereas the IGVH mutation, if one is unmutated, that's going to correspond to approximately 40% of patients at diagnosis who are going to have a relatively rapid progression to time of treatment in the past with older therapy, shorter survival. Whereas 60% of patients with IGBH mutated disease will often have a very extended natural history before needing treatment, some never requiring treatment and a prolonged survival. A common question that providers often ask is what type of prognostic information to test like the IGVH mutation test and P53 mutation or deletion bring to the table as we're seeing patients initially. Prognostic factors are exactly that. There's something that are used at different time points in the disease to predict how a patient's disease is going to behave. In CLL, when we're seeing patients initially, we use prognostic factors to predict two things, how long the patient is going to go from being asymptomatic to being symptomatic and requiring treatment, and how long the patient is going to survive with the disease. You know, the P53 mutation or deletion when present in CLL has a very strong predictive value of saying a patient with CLL is going to do poorly, it's going to progress quickly, and is often going in the past with our older therapies, it's going to die quickly from their disease. The International Prognostic Index looks at many different things relative to biomarkers in the past and the present that impact CLL outcome. And from a large group of European and US patients, was able to decipher the contributing role and the independent contributing role of certain features. At the top of that, in terms of providing a high score, which corresponds to the hazard ratio of that outcome, P53, either mutation or deletion falls. IGBH mutational status is also a contributing factor. But together, these two are driving features with some of the clinical features used in this. This score was designed both for trying to predict who is going at diagnosis, is going to have a high chance of progressing to requiring therapy and have a short overall survival with chemoimmunotherapy. The applicability of this to predicting outcome time from diagnosis to treatment has persisted you know, with the introduction of the targeted therapies, either you know, BTK inhibitors, I may calibrate it, or venetoclax. However, when looking at survival, because these therapies are to some extent agnostic of IGVH mutational status and P53 mutation, you see less of an effect of this in predicting how people are going to do with therapy. 
but it still provides an index to compare across trials where you normalize patients based upon a relative risk of each factor. And this makes this tool extremely useful when looking at data with different treatments from different parts of the world where the time you initiate treatment might be different. So clinicians, when they're looking at a patient who's symptomatic and needs treatment for their COL, has to call into question several variables as they're making that decision. Clearly, one is the age of the patient and the functional status of the patient. When you get outside of that, though, you know, the laboratory tests that are most helpful when you're sitting in front of a patient in terms of deciding therapy, for initial therapy for CLL, the question becomes, well, what's useful? And probably the two most useful tests are the IGVH mutational status and the presence or absence of P53 mutation and or deletion. They're different, but they correspond to relatively the same thing relative to predicting outcome. The IGVH mutational test and knowing its status before starting therapy, particularly in a young person, is important because patients with CLL who are IGVH mutated have the potential to be cured with fludarabine, cyclophosphamide, and rituximab. The P53 mutation or deletion comes in for another reason. Almost all patients who have P53 mutation or deletion have IGVH unmutated disease. So we would be directing them toward a targeted therapy. And when we approach targeted therapy in CLL, the P53 status is important because right at the present time, there's really only one study that has looked at a venetoclax-based treatment for N17P patients. And this study showed that the 17P, P53 mutated patients who received venetoclax plus a venetuzumab for 12 months had a very short progression-free survival relative to other studies that use BTK inhibitors. The BTK inhibitors either by themselves or with obinutuzumab, when I say the BTK inhibitors, I'm referring to acalabrutinib and ibrutinib, had longer progression-free survival, albeit with continuous therapy of the BTK inhibitor, say, than venetoclax. So most TLL thought leaders, if for their 17P patients, until there's more data with combinations as part of clinical trials, would assign this patient group to a BTK inhibitor, either by itself or with a CD20 antibody or as part of a trial in combination with something else. This program was sponsored by Lilly. To revisit any part of this discussion and to access other episodes in this series, visit reachmd.com slash project oncology, where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.